0: Hi, I'm Amanda, and I'm John, and you're listening to Parenthetical. In this episode, we'll be discussing movies that feature South African actress Charlize Theron. Before unpacking her latest film, Atomic Blonde, we will review an early film of hers, 1998's Mighty Joe Young, and a middle period film, Hancock from 2008. Mighty Joe Young is the story of a 15-foot gorilla and the caretaker and zoologist that attempt to protect him from vengeful poachers.
1: Don't shoot. Oh,
0: God. Harry, it's okay. Does it doesn't feel okay? Listen to me. Just jump out from behind the trees. No. No, I'd rather not. Jump out and say, You found me. Well, he knows he's found me. That's the
1: problem. Harry, do what she says. You found me.
0: He's playing with him. Harry, he's playing with you. Hide and seek. What? It opens on a nice nature shot. Big lush forest or jungle rather crawling with gorillas and then we get a closer look and realize that we're in the uncanny valley (laughs) (laughs) the gorillas are people in suits and it's the first thing you see and frankly they're a little i don't i hate using the word creepy I don't think that's the right word, but they're, I don't know, they're like Ewok-esque. They have very manufactured expressions and things, I think.
1: Well, there's a lot of, uh, there's features of them that is just blatant, that are just blatantly not what gorillas look like, like if you, you're talking about the eyes. The eyes are red instead of white, like a normal gorilla.
0: Well, they're, yeah, they have the right iris colors, like a brown iris color, but then for some reason, the whites of their eyes are blood like not they don't have veins they are blood red completely
1: so i was pretty excited for this movie because the director also made he directed tremors and he also made city Slickers, which are both pretty good and this movie is pretty good too um the special effects are really good i thought I, i was
0: surprised at this at like the uh computer generated effects
1: yeah when this movie came out in the 90s people were really impressed by the special effects Um, and I was too, even today, frankly. Um, I think a lot of, there's a a lot of mixing of media in the special effects. There's people in suits, there's CGI, there's composites to enlarge the gorilla and stuff like that. But generally it's actually shot in like actual forest and jungles and stuff. And I think that really helps. The action scenes I thought were pretty good. Um, or actually, I thought they were very exciting. There's a there's a like a jeep chase near the beginning that I thought was particularly fun. Um, I was
0: really surprised at that scene. I was surprised at how much I liked the movement of Joe.
1: Yeah.
0: And also that you you know feel his size.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right is really nice. It's, yeah. Is um it's the good.
0: introduction to Joe. Where he's or the introduction to Big Joe, not Baby Joe, that one they are just discussing, the Jeep chase scene, is really the only scene that got any kind of reaction out of me.
1: Hmm.
0: As a kid, well, I think
1: there are more scenes in this movie. than that
0: I probably that would have loved this movie, but w- what? What? When? The acting is. I cannot. I couldn't forge a connection to any of the characters because the acting is no bueno.
1: I thought the ending, especially, was
0: really nice. Yeah, I didn't care about the ending. I like. I thought the ending was really, really cheesy.
1: Yeah, but it moved me anyway. But it's not
0: earned.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't care. (laughs) It worked. (laughs) I don't know. It's okay. This movie, the first half or so, maybe a little less than half, takes place on the mountain, and then Joe gets. They take him to like a conservatory and there's some stuff there and then he has escaped from that place. And
0: they're trying to protect him from poachers.
1: And I thought the scenes in the conservatory were just um a lot worse than they were in the beginning. The transition from when they go to the mountains to the sanctuary is smartly dropped or like not there. Like it should be an enormous logistical thing about how they got Joe off the mountain and into the the uh, the sanctuary and stuff like that, but they don't. They just skip it all together, and then he's on a truck in the middle of the city, like almost there. And I really like that. They skip it,
0: that stuff, nobody cares.
1: Yeah, it would have been a boring scene, and they know it. And so, you know, there's not there's not no choices being made here.
0: Can you tell me a single theme in this movie? No. Since it wrung tears out of you?
1: It's just nice. <laughs>
0: But they're really, I mean, it's pure entertainment. There's not, I mean, it doesn't even try to have any kind of theme, right? Yeah. There's a nice monkey joke where Bill Paxton sees the big giant ape and it's like screaming at him and he says, nice monkey. And I don't (laughs) ever, ever, ever like that joke. I don't like when people see a tiger and they say, nice kitty. I don't like when people see a wolf and they say, nice doggy." I don't like it. Maybe it was funny once in like 1945. But since then it has lost all humor and just stop it. Do you want to give it a rating?
1: You first. Why? You're always first.
0: Well, that's why I'm fighting the system. <laughs> I give it I don't like being lenient on a movie just because it's for children. For some reason, I can't give it a D, even though I really want to. I will give it a C.
1: Yeah, I will give it a C too. Probably a better C than yours, <laughs> because I did like. Mine's a very weak C. Some of the, the the scenes did they did move me. It's good movie making here. Good, you know, it's like the magic of you know the magic of movies. This movie has some magic in it, a little bit. A lot of movies don't have it at all. Hancock follows a man that has superpowers as well as a drinking problem and a penchant for crass behavior, but when he saves the life of a man that wants to return the favor, Hancock begins to revamp his public image and make discoveries about himself and his past.
0: All of you people, blocking the intersection,
1: you're all idiots. You're the one that threw the dude's car at her.
0: And look at the train. Why didn't you just go straight up in the air with the car? you straight up. Yeah. You've obviously injured that poor woman. Yeah, she's right. She should sue you. Yeah, she should sue you. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Okay, well, you should sue McDonald's, because they fucked you up, all right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can smell that liquor on your breath.
0: Yeah. I've been drinking, bitch. You're a drunken asshole. You think you're
1: such an <laughs> Some superhero you are. Fly off. Shut up people understand I'm alive I get to go home and see my family I should be dead right now right here yeah he could have gone straight up obviously he should have gone straight up you know and I was upside down for the train but uh, no thank you thank you very much Hancock thank you thank you Hancock Come on. Come on. the play, the pacing in this movie the script is really good every single um, Regardless of where the actual plot goes, every single scene does a lot to advance the plot. There's no scenes that are here just because they're f- funny or anything like that. It's a really tight script. Uh, every every single scene makes a character learn something new or changes the situations of some characters, and it's funny to boot or it's exciting to boot with an act. You know, it's action, whatever. So the the script is really really good. I thought it's really funny.
0: It's very funny. Um, the first half is very funny.
1: I, I mean, it isn't necessarily just the first half. A lot of it's it really is really funny. And the and it's really, it's just, you know, unlike a lot of superhero movies of today, the the jokes are not the characters, like, saying jokes. But it's just how, how Hancock behaves is funny. Yeah. It's really good. Something I really liked about this movie... Um, just how it made me feel. It ma- it really made me feel that Hancock was actually talking to the community and to the people of the city. A lot of superhero movies they tend to have the city and the and the, the superhero always talk about how the city you know of Gotham or whatever um, is always watching him. and doesn't like him or does like him. But this movie you really feel it. I don't really actually feel it in a lot of superhero movies.
0: I was just gonna say it. Um... Speaking of it actually showing themes that a lot of superhero movies like to talk about is a lot of superhero movies also are like, am am I the monster? Like, do I have to live in solitude always because I'm this weird... Uh, you know, the only one of my kind. and yeah. But they, they don't actually ever develop that or anything. It's just usually someone, like, says it, and you're like, this is nowhere in the movie. And it was, and just, I think just the idea of a superhero having a PR person is very funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, superheroes would have these huge public images, but I don't think I've seen in anything else like a PR manager for a superhero before. The movie just really effectively skewers a lot of superhero tropes, like the fact that they absolutely destroy cities.
1: What we've been covering so far is about the first half, and then the second half. I think both. Um, I think everyone really agrees that it gets kind of different for the second half.
0: It's a completely different movie.
1: Right. He learns that like one of uh, he has amnesia, and then one of his or his partner comes back it gets kind of muddy. And I don't know if we should talk about the actual details of the ending. But there's some sort of um, rules that talk about how uh, the two superhero partners, if they get close together, lose their powers. Right?
0: There are apparently rules, but they're very inconsistent in the movie.
1: So, I mean, the movie goes between it looks like it might mean physically. At, At first, I thought it meant, like... Emotionally close together, because they've been physically close together for most of the movie. But then near the very end, it makes it look like it's physically close together. They actually well, drain hours.
0: Yeah, apparently it is physically close together, but it's and a, then it's, it's not really, also. Yeah, but it's a really slow transition. But then it's not a really slow transition, and it's actually step by step. But then all it, it gets, the, the rules are wildly inconsistent. They're impossible to follow.
1: And it's. Especially problematic for this because I'm pretty sure that the, um there's some hard-hitting themes of the directors trying to get across with this stuff. But obviously, it can't work if I don't understand what the actual...
0: I don't understand you know, it at all because it either yeah. seems like... It's like, don't be near the person you love if it compromises your immortality, which is not a good theme. It seems like the theme would be... Isn't it worth it to be mortal to be with the one you love? But that is not the theme for sure. All of these points it made about being the only one of your kind and trying to live with that are rendered completely moot because suddenly it's like, but guess what? There is another one. And so you forget about all of that. The humor, I don't think, is in the second half at all. Jason Bateman is barely in it, and he's a huge strength of the first half. Jason Bateman being the PR manager and just a little nitpick that was annoying to me was Charlize Theron's character when she was just like a stay-at-home mom was wearing like little cardigans and had nice curly hair and didn't wear any makeup and then after we've discovered that she's not just a mom, she... And she must have done this. Like, her character in the movie must have active, actively, like, gone and, like, put on a leather outfit and a bunch of eyeliner and flat-ironed her hair because now she's cool. But what is that character? I don't understand that. <laughs> and I don't like it.
1: Yeah, it takes a, it, it takes a definite turn from the, the PR stuff, which is an aspect of the movie I really liked. I will say, however that as muddy and confusing and strange as the end got um, the climax was really good it was again just um,
0: I don't agree
1: it was dramatic i don't know it was agree. powerful
0: i, don't I wish agree. i
1: understood what was happening but i liked <laughs> what i was seeing um and it moved me
0: i don't like it anyway see
1: I gave it a beat because it was so funny and the scenes were actually pretty good, the action's good, the is good, and the ending moved me.
0: Atomic Blonde is a Cold War spy film that focuses on MI6 operative Lorraine as she travels to Berlin after the death of a fellow spy to recover a list of double agents and neutralize any threats to their intelligence operation. Is this your first time in Berlin? Yes. Well, it's a remarkable time to be here. Wonderful music, superb nightlife. Nice Marvelous restaurants. You must try the Central Cafe for a drink. You'll need it later. You remember Mr. Bremovich, don't you? Of course you do. Well, he's very curious what you're doing here in Berlin.
1: Think the best way to describe this movie would be like a spy film noir or something it was just like a noir you know they're going they just running around they're going around the city they're trying to find information and there's a lot of action scenes between that stuff but most of it is just them going charlie starin you know in neon lit clubs or rooms or in murky dark like yellow tinted streets and stuff like that i just really like the atmosphere of this movie but the director, whenever the... When, and in fact, whenever an action scene would happen, I thought those were the worst parts of this.
0: I actually thought all of the fights were cool. I thought they were cool. I thought there was a lot of things I'd never seen before. And they were... I don't know, the stunt coordination of the choreography was cool. Um, But it was never... The, the 80s music and things were never in service to it. And then there would irritating exchanges charlie theron has turned in some really excellent feminist performances so i was pretty excited for atomic blonde i don't know on that front i was kind of it did deconstruct spy movies in a way that i didn't expect oh why that i thought it shone in these there's lengthy quiet moments where nobody is saying anything And it just shows that what spies actually are, instead of these glossy things we see in the movies all the time, is people brutally attempting to take one another's life. I thought that was awesome. I had never been made to think like that in a spy movie before. It's just like prehistoric grunting as they're beating the tar out of one another. There was one fight that was my favorite fight, and it was so good, and it was my favorite part in the movie. And then they said a stupid thing about you're a bitch and who's a bitch now. And I hey, it ruined it. What a dumb thing. It has nothing. But anyway, I thought that the fights were really cool.
1: Are you talking about the stairwell fight?
0: There's, two, there's actually two stairwell fights, but the one nearer to the end.
1: When it was like the really long shot? Yeah. I take issue with that fight. The So I can see where the director wanted to... Um, It's a really long shot, but I didn't think it worked for this movie because the first thing I thought when this fight started, um, there's someone behind the camera, and because the guy behind the camera is running up to Charlize Theron and showing her, and then he'd come out, and then he'd go up to the other guys, and he was showing them. And for something like Children of Men, which has a really famous, really long shot like that, it works because Children of Men is about war, and that's what it felt like here. But for a spy movie, it doesn't work because spies are a inherently like private affair. The whole point of a spy is that there's all these people doing their normal daily lives things and then the spies are just behind the scenes just inside the building next door beating each other up or shooting at each other. And when they had the guy and the camera guy running around like that for this really long shot, it immediately felt like you were a, a spectator there instead of... I, th- I think it would have been more effective to remove the camera from the equation make it just a, a passive observer.
0: I thought that there was only one moment in the fight. There was one moment in the fight, though, where I was aware. I was like, oh, that's a cameraman running around. But for the rest of it, I wasn't aware of it because the whole movie is directed with such a frenetic energy that I got used to that wildly moving camera and didn't think of it as a cameraman for most of the time there's see, one kind of slow cue in that fight where i realized though that's a guy running around
1: i just think it's the its my whole problem with this whole movie it's just the director is in subservice to being cool and to doing shots like that you know when, even if it's not effective for the type I of thought movie that the only that cool made.
0: guy stuff he did was i hated all the i don't i did not like the fourth wall breaks
1: there's fourth wall breaks
0: Where they are talking right to us they're not oh, necessarily yeah. they're not necessarily fourth wall breaks but we I didn't like any of that
1: the first scene that rubbed me the wrong way and I'll talk about it because it's pretty early in the movie and it's not there's a bad guy who beats somebody to death with a skateboard and you know in the scenes before this it was like Charlie Staren's cool she's going around there's there's like loud music and she's doing this cool stuff and then it goes to the bad guy and it's filmed exactly the same way it's just like cool
0: So it did make me think about spy movies in a different way. As far as being feminist, I was a little disappointed with some of the... There's like a lesbian sex scene where it quite literally makes you very aware of the male gaze because there's this fast-paced women smashing their bodies into one another. And then it cuts to like dudes like... You know, wiping their sweaty brow like, oh boy, Mm -hmm. women getting it on. And that was very irritating.
1: That character, who is like her lover, right? The French one? Yeah. She she has a scene later on. Where
0: she's wearing, like, lingerie while she's getting beat up.
1: Yeah. And that's another part in the movie where I thought it was really misguided because this is a character we're supposed to like. And, you know, she gets choked to death. And the movie just plays it, like, cool, and there's loud music once again, like every other, like, cool person seen in this movie. And it's not,
0: it's not surfacing to character at all, too, because she's apparently supposed to be an intelligent operative. But when she's told to get the hell out of Berlin, what she does instead is cry and wear her underwear and listen to music. Yeah. And then get strangled to death.
1: So there's scenes like that. I thought overall, though, the story was interesting. You know, like um, I said earlier, I felt like it was a film noir and I think like any, you know, I had a really tenuous grasp on what was going on, which is just like I do in any film noir that I like.
0: So, <laughs> Yeah, John doesn't follow film noirs, but he enjoys them.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, that's how I knew it was an action movie, because in an action movie, I know exactly what's happening. In this movie, I had no idea, um, but I wanted to know. Maybe that's one of the allures of film noir. <laughs> Maybe we just aren't smart enough to understand what the spies know and stuff, you know? It makes them feel, seem like cooler on the screen. Yeah,
0: maybe. Or maybe it didn't do a good job telling its story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought the frame narrative in this movie, I usually am not one for frame narratives either, but I thought it actually worked in this movie. Mm. Did, did you agree? No. No, I thought the frame narrative added, it added intrigue because you saw the characters who she's interacting with in the frame narrative, you saw them actually in the past too and they would sometimes be saying things that they were saying differently in the frame narrative but the Charlie Theron didn't know what they were saying differently because she wasn't around when they were talking about the stuff in the past it just added um but, intrigue I think and it wasn't just a straightforward like this thing this cool thing is going to happen later let's set this up it was actually adding to the character's intrigue just like a, a spy movie I think But the would.
0: frame narrative put into put the whole story into Charlie's Theron's mouth into Lorraine's mouth because the frame narrative is she's telling this story and it keeps reinforcing that by being like by cutting out of the story like she just said out loud that thing to these men so she's apparently saying this out loud but how does she there's things that she's not there for and it's not treating it as an unreliable narrator like this is her best estimation of what happened It's like, that's what happened, but how does she know and how is she recounting it? Mm -hmm. The frame narrative didn't quite work for me.
1: I guess I didn't think about it that much. (laughs) You're talking about like the actual logistics of how she, how she knows stuff.
0: Right. Like, am I supposed to be thinking, can I trust anything I'm seeing because it's coming out of Lorraine's mouth? Or am I supposed to be thinking, this is what happened. And also Lorraine is talking about some of what happened in another time period.
1: Yeah, I just didn't think about it that much.
0: I did. I was s- astonished by the cinematography. I really liked it. I thought it looked very cool, and the really dark blacks, and the neon and the grayness worked together. I think, and I I liked the action. I thought the action was was cool, but there were things that really bugged me. C, I guess. C. Three C's for Charlize.
1: Uh, I give. I, I think this movie deserves a B. I really, I wish, I wish they just removed all the action scenes. Oh, uh, and I, I wish they'd removed all of them. No. And I wish, More and I hope scenes. the director gets over being the cool guy who's
0: More action movies. scenes, but less smoking and blowing the smoke into the
1: camera. <laughs> That's our show. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, so, the best movie that we reviewed tonight, we both agree, is Atomic Blonde. Uh, I gave it a B and Amanda gave it a C. We were split on, whether we thought the action was good or not. She liked the action, I didn't. For Hancock, Amanda gave it a C and I gave it a B. We both thought it was really funny and generally well made, but I, I was more forgiving of the ending than Amanda was. And finally for Mighty Joe Young, we both gave it Cs. It's a pretty decent movie. The action's good but the writing is kinda bad. Thanks for listening, we've got some movies to watch.